Welcome to It Sounded Like a Good Idea at the Time, the weekly podcast where we talk about things that concern mm, everybody. Hopefully. Hopefully everybody. Yeah. <laughs> well, this week maybe hopefully not everybody, oh, but true. hopefully... <laughs> ugh. Yikes. Oh, call that a bumpy landing. Yeah. But we are not experts talking about things that affect you. Yes. And people that you love. Yes. My name is Caroline. And I'm Hannah. And we're joined in the studio today by a guest. Yes, we're very excited. Yes, I want to introduce my good friend, Heather Garfield. Hey, how are you? <laughs> how are you? Podcast um, world. Yes, yes. Uh, Heather's a nurse. We've been following her for a while. I mean, you're actually friends with her, but I've been following go, her go ahead. for a while. Continue. And um, super overwhelmed by how smart she is. So Yeah, oh she's gosh. amazing. Buckle well, up, everyone. <laughs> well, Heather and I have known each other for a few years through our church. We kind of became friends when I was on staff. But let me tell you, if you ever knew me on staff and thought I didn't like her, it's okay. I didn't either. I was not a great person when I worked for a church. I was like the least best version of myself. Okay. <laughs> so anyway. Falls in line with. Yeah, it sounds about right. Uh, drank the most. <laughs> not the nicest. So we'll cover that in a later topic yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, we haven't covered the religion episode yet. Anyway. Or but the alcoholism episode. <laughs> sure. Fine. Whatever. Anyway, I'm just giving us new content. Sure. But, sure, uh, sure. Heather and I met during that time. We both still go to the church. Yeah. And, uh now I'm a better person, and probably because Heather's in my life, so we Aww. have built a, we built a friendship <laughs> through that. Yes. Um, but Heather uh, was supportive of our podcast, but not supportive of podcasts in general until very recently. She can tell us about that. This is very true. So I would fall asleep during podcasts and get bored and not really pay attention. So I think I listened to one in my whole life. And then, but I was always supportive of this one because it's Caroline and her best friend, Hannah. And so I was like, I told her the one day I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to listen to one of your podcasts. So I put it on 1.5. Because oh. the hour long, I'm yes, just like yes, an yes. hour. I know a lot no. of people who do who do that with podcasts. Yeah, yeah. and so I did it for 1.5. My first episode was your boob episode. Yeah, like oh, back in October. Yeah. She's like, of all the ones to listen yeah, to, really? I'm like, like, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can direct you to some archives, <laughs> but let's like just jump in there. But it yeah. helped me get hooked, and so now I listen every week, and I um, listen to other ones. So it's. I think the 1.5 is what kind of helped me. Yeah, well, that's a good tip. When Heather told me she listened to me on 1.5, I, like, (laughs) haven't stopped cringing. She told me that this weekend when we were in July. Because, one, I listen to our podcast every week and have gotten used to the sound of my own voice. Sure. Let me tell you what I will never get used to. (laughs) The sound of my own voice accelerated. Did you do it? Did you try and listen? Yes, and I... Had a visceral reaction really? and like could not hit stop fast oh, enough. Oh wow! I don't know. Nothing why. is more annoying than your own voice. Oh yeah, it's. A, I mean, it took, it took me some time to get used to my voice on this podcast. Like it I'm took like, me some time to get used to your voice. On <laughs> Sorry, this podcast, gang. Too. <laughs> <laughs> if only you could pick and choose which one to speed through. You know. Um, we need a therapist on here next. <laughs> yeah, really. Couples therapist. Yes. Oh, that would be great. That would be honestly. Um, <laughs> it's not a bad idea. <laughs> that would be great. What's her name? Esther. That's who I want. Yes, we could Feels definitely like aiming appropriately. Yeah, we could definitely get the That's globally renowned yeah. <laughs> uh, marriage counselor. She has a oh. podcast called Where Should We Begin? Um, April is the one who yes. pointed out to me or us on the podcast, I think yeah. several months ago. And she just does marriage counseling sessions. So you're, it's very like voyeuristic, but it's very like she, everything is anonymous and it is a fascinating podcast. That's she's, awesome. She's really smart too. 
Yeah. Sounds fantastic. Yeah. Well, um, at the time of this recording, we actually recorded last night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is currently Super Tuesday. We cannot talk anything politics because right. when this releases in eight days, it be will well, not matter. Well over right. news. <laughs> yeah, it will not matter. Um, I will be on vacation. For, Again, okay. Well, so one was a work trip. <laughs> one was a work trip. Me too. I'm also excited for her. <laughs> Literally, I don't. I don't leave our home state for six years. And I, know, I, I know. I know. You, ha- you never leave, and suddenly you're not here that much. It is very bizarre. Yeah. Um. But we wanted to still um, have an episode, and this is one we've been talking about for a long time. But instead of sharing current events, because eh, we can't predict the future. We also could not be here anymore. Uh, the state of North Carolina announced the first case of coronavirus today. So eight hey, wow, days that now. is extremely. Okay, first of all, Heather, maybe you could calm <laughs> Caroline down. We couldn't be here anymore, maybe. I don't know. Wow. Do you know? I'm pretty sure we'll be here next week. If we're not, it won't be because of the coronavirus. Guess what? I don't have any extra soap and no extra toilet paper. So <laughs> I don't know. You can't get it either. It's gone. <laughs> and I have about three tampons left to get me through this. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> We'll see what happens. Sitting over the toilet for a couple weeks. (laughs) We'll just see. But Heather is not just a regular nurse. She is an ER nurse and an ICU nurse. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's Um, intense. So I would love to know, quick rapid fire question, Mm -hmm. which I told you I wasn't going to (laughs) do. Gotcha. (laughs) We got you here. You can't leave. (laughs) Here in the face of Uh COVID-19 or eight days from now Mm COVID-19. Um, one, what are your predictions for what we'll be facing here in the state? And then I have a follow-up question not related to that. Honestly, I think we'll be facing, you know, the sheer panic of the unknown. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think we're already facing that in the country. You mm-hmm. know, we've had deaths now. I think what people need to recognize is that it is a virus, much like many other viruses, the yes. flu, a cold. Mm-hmm. Um, the way not to get it is just to wash your hands, wash your hands, and not necessarily with sanitizer. Like okay. I saw on your blog to, or in the post in Instagram today, you had Kristen Bell's mom's hands. Yes. Yes. Wash, wash, wash for okay. 20 seconds. And not always like if you're with sanitizer, great. But every now and then wash with some good hearty soap and water. Okay. Um, and the thing is, the way it's spreading is if you're sick and you cough in your hand and you touch the doorknob and I come behind you. Mm-hmm. And I touch that doorknob and then I rub my eye or I pick my nose or I put my finger in my mouth. That's how I'm getting it. Okay. I've so. never been so aware of how much I touch my orifices yes. than right, like right. the last week. Yeah, and, and I truly am not even panicked. Crazy. I'm really not paranoid. You it's just start happen. to think about it because you're like, yes. oh, well, this is a logical thing I could do, and then you're like, I can't do that. Yeah, because <laughs> right. I'm like, how am I going to pick up anyone's particulates and put them in my body? Yeah, well, never. <laughs> and then I'm like, rest your hand in your face, right. my, right. my right. own face in other yes. people's body. Fluid. Yeah, yeah. and they're just, talking a lot about the mask, Hannah. Like at first, it was like wear a mask, wear a mask because it's something coughing. But what they have found is that they don't want you to have masks because when you have a mask, it itches. You're more prone yes. to actually oh. touch your face with a mask on than you would be without it. So now you just have to be kind of cognizant of, did I touch something? I shouldn't touch my face. I should wash my hands. And in that moment, have sanitizer with you. But on the airplane, yes. take a Ziploc of Clorox oh, wipes traveling. and wipe yeah. all the services. Like wipe yeah. um, the knob that lights up and the knob that gives you air and they'll you know wipe all of that because they don't wipe the planes in yeah. between Yikes. flights what That's about really... like should we be just a case, like how often should we be doing like our doorknobs and our light switches and stuff like that and our cell phones yeah true. i think your cell phones are probably the number one okay. hitter um in your own home i don't know i mean 
it's really up to you. If your kids come home and they're like, oh, Johnny was sick at school today, you know. Right. Kick the kid kinda, out. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Find a home for your child. Yeah. Go yeah. to Caroline's. <laughs> yeah. No problem. But teach really good hand washing and I think you're going to be okay. safe. And it's cool. that that goes for next year when there's another virus mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and every other minute when there's colds. You right. Know. True, true. Yeah. But. Good. It's. Yeah. So Don't settle panic. down, Caroline. We'll be here. Don't panic. For the we'll love. Maybe I'm getting on a plane. I mean, to be I fair. Know, right? Yeah. I actually am interested in it. To lawless Colorado. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll bring you back some weed. So there you go. <laughs> so you'll be stuck in the airport for a while. Fine. Might have to, like, oh, right. do a couple episodes in before you leave just sure, for well, the amount of time that you'll be in jail. We'll do an insider look at prison. So you're welcome <laughs> for the content. <laughs> Anyway, um, it is interesting because I had not been in an airport. I mean, I just don't travel. Um, So I will be interested to see how the airport has changed truly in eight days because Mm -hmm. flying back from Austin, um, there were some masks, a few, Mm -hmm. um, and people were wiping the plane and doing all of that. And uh, now eight days later, as it spread more in the U.S., I'm interested to see what the airport looks like. Right. Apparently, like international ticket prices have like plunged. Oh, yeah. um, I was looking at like a compilation of like photos from around the world and all these like big tourist spots are like dead. Yeah. Yeah. Now is the time. Yeah. But (laughs) book your trips. Well, you will risk not being able to get back. Because yeah, like major international airports close. Right. Um, But if you have been an idiot and bought a lot of face masks, let us know and we'll (laughs) we'll drop you Heather's address. You can donate them to her. She's a medical professional. So Um, I did also want to ask just in general, other than this, what is the number one symptom that you would say people come to the ER for? Oh, yes. In general? In general. general. Yes. Good question. Mm, I would have to say abdominal pain slash constipation. (gasps) You know what? That happened to me as a child. Mm -hmm. I uh, was having a lot of abdominal pain and it was just enough. One, I just wanted enough attention that I could tell that they, yes, my parents were trying to figure (laughs) out if it was an appendix situation. (laughs) And so they'd be like, is it your left side? I'm like, yes. (laughs) Right, <laughs> you know, which like, side is going to make you yeah, pay attention? Like, this? Mm-hmm. Is like, it up here? Yes, <laughs> still yes. Ah. And they're like, "Oh, then I think you're fine." No, no, no. Actually, it's well, right. I was backwards. But um, we ended up in the ER for a very long, very time, long time to find out. Just needed to poop a little bit. Yeah, wow. yeah. We have a lot of that. All really? ages. All what ages. an embarrassing thing. I mean, here's oh, that's what I say all the natural. time. I'm like, if I ever like <laughs> I lose my that. senses and yeah. come in here with concept like. Smack me. I like, know. Well, oh what gosh. a waste of everyone's time. It's terrible. And I like am now petrified of going back to the emergency room. Like one time I had had vein surgery and thought that I was getting a blood clot because uh, oh. they told me it could happen. And of course, all my symptoms matched it. And right. I was like, if I go and it is just like a bruise, right. I am going, like, I'm going to feel like a major moron. That's why people don't call when they think they're having contractions. Like, right. Yeah. I don't want to be told that it's nothing. Right. Yeah. And like look ridiculous. We see that a lot. We see people that come in like too soon like oh, i've been yeah. vomiting for an hour so i called 911 <laughs> perfect or you've got the people that are like i've been sick for 12 days and then it's like they're so far gone they're right. super right. sick you know so we, we see a lot of the the spectrum yeah I guess is a well i guess especially for you seeing both er and icu you really get yeah both sides of the coin we really really do yeah because you see them and they're most acutely ill and then you mm. take care of them on the, on the back end and it's just a different thought process yeah yeah wow well thank you for doing yeah. what you do to keep yeah. us healthy thank yeah, you no. for coming here at the end yes. of a 12-hour shift yeah, really. no 
I'm well, so especially hot. thank you for being my friend because I oh. can't tell you the number of times that I'm like, hey, I hate to bother you with a name oh, that rash yeah. question. You have told me that yeah. several times. You're like, don't worry, I texted Heather. <laughs> well, the first time I ever did, I waited until Norbeth was six months old and I'd already given her Benadryl to text her to be like, hey. <laughs> Is it cool if I get Like, what would you think if, like, I gave her Benadryl? If someone came in and said to you that they I gave, gave my six-month-old Benadryl, what would you say? But, like, when uh, the other week Anna Blair drank a whole bottle of Motrin. Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. Did, you did suggest that maybe I call poison control. Yeah. But she was fine. She yeah. has drank quite a bit. Because didn't she also drink your... <laughs> um, uh, the ordinary yeah, caffeine serum. Your caffeine serum. Yes. Um, she told me it was not good. Well, disappointing. <laughs> um, wasn't there some things, things to come for her? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. Just like her mom. Yeah, please. <laughs> Only when I work for a church. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Switching gears, I did want to update a little bit. We talked last week about uh, our love of Love is Blind yes. on Netflix. Um, it is getting harder and harder to avoid spoilers. It, um, yeah. They, because... People put them right in the title now, which is really responsible. I yeah, hate right. that. Right. Well, it was one of the top articles, sh- shockingly, above uh, Corona and Super Tuesday. On BuzzFeed? No, on People. Oh. Was an update on one of the couples. And I'm like, I don't... Yes, and it's in the title, right? Even CNN had... Wow. ...today on their <laughs> homepage, like, Love is Blind contestant Carlton, da 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 I'm like, I don't want to see any of okay, this. you should have sent me that because I could have read that. Oh, well, I did read it. Rude. Okay. I did read it. <laughs> I will send it to you. Um, and Daily Mail had an update on Amber. Okay, why you sent me all of those? I'm so sorry. I need to see sorry. them. Why well, it just filled your your messages with so many today while yeah. you were at yoga? But still, you told me not I to needed te- it all. Well, you told me not to text you unless it was something that was an emergency. I said text if the world is burning down, <laughs> well, which arguably, right. <laughs> anyway. So last anything night, would have been appropriate. <laughs> last night post recording, we watched two more episodes. Okay, um, and I do spoilers coming. Not to be okay. like People Magazine. Um, I did see the demise of Carlton and Diamond's relationship. Yes. Wait, have you watched? Do you care? I've heard about it. I have not Will watched. you watch? Maybe now. Okay, I mean, please do. Okay. Not to know, follow Carlton and Diamond. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> sure. You don't know. You don't know what I'm going to say. No, it's fine. <laughs> anyway, um, you were right. I really, really liked him in the beginning. Right. That episode. Um, he really goes downhill. He goes downhill fast. He spirals. In a way that I did not understand. Right. He's got to have, like, some trauma in his yes. past because... In, or some compensation for something. It it was very difficult to watch that argument and not get angry at him because right. it was so illogical versus what she was trying to, right. like, have a conversation about. Just for background on the scene, which this is a very small part of the show, is that he is bisexual, has a very hard time, I think, accepting his own self. Yes, and that's what it sounds like It sounds like that. And so he proposes to a girl on the show, Diamond, does not tell her. And then they go off on this trip together. And is it the first night? It's the very the first night. The first night, he's like, I got to tell her, which, yes, <laughs> you do need yeah. to be honest about your sexuality. You right. right. <laughs> Um, and so he tells her, but the way he builds it up yeah. is the worst. Cause he's sitting, yeah. they're kind of sitting beside each other and he says, I got it. I just got, cause he's also been treating her really weird the whole yes. episode. He's and been so sh- saying weird stuff about like, I'm going to, what did he see? He's like, I'm going to buy you a shirt that says mommy on it or something yeah. and make you wear it. It was very it was weird. very strange and a little bit like a little misogynistic. It was, but in very, a very it was like way. misogynistic in a creepy way. So then he like not shut the, down. Not good misogynism. Right. Yes. The positive misogynism that we as a country love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're talking about the like Some less of it we like to prop up. Some yeah, of it's sure. creepy. So Again, 
you know we support the patriarchy right. here so i'm Many, not trying to shut them down right. i but am he, saying he just like he's like i have something to tell you and it's so, you're not going to want to be with me it's so bad it's so bad and i was just thinking if i'm her i'm thinking this guy has literally killed someone in his right. life yes, exactly. he's been to prison. right yeah. that would have been my thought like he, he went to be, prison right because like he very or like he has a disease he has aids even something right. like that like it sounds very his build-up and will this actually goes into our conversations maybe we can just yeah. keep talking about this um yeah. the build-up of this conversation was to me ex- incredibly manipulative yes because it he fronted it as you'll never love me after this you'll never be able yes. to look at me the same in a way that that kind of hooks somebody to be like you can tell me anything and i'll right. still love you right and she right. did and she said she's like you can tell me anything and then he tells her that he has he doesn't say i'm bisexual he I think says he's just... he has experience with both genders it's right like almost a direct quote right yes and and so she, she's like asking him she was like asking me? him questions but she also was like patting him on the back he's having a very hard time he's, inc- he's extremely emotional yeah and then she is too because obviously sure. at this point she feels very lied to just yeah. not by, by omission mainly yes. um because she never has a chance to say ever in the, in the whole series how she feels about like bisexuality right ever. there is no closure there's no closure because she takes some time and thinks about it and then he completely lashes out at her it is very weird to yeah, watch they take the night away and then in the morning she approaches him and says hey you know i've thought about this i have some questions for you about your experience and her saying i have some questions for you he immediately becomes so defensive and he's like no other girl i've been with has had a problem with this right no other girl has had a problem with this though his reaction the night before had completely belied that right he was like i don't know how anyone can accept me this way right and everyone always drops me as soon as they know yeah Yeah, it speaks a thousand percent to what we're going to talk about yeah Yeah. so it was yeah it was very strange it's funny that you watched that right Mm -hmm. as soon as yeah, and she's trying to, like, explain, and she's getting more frustrated because he keeps cutting her off and right. accusing her of not loving him and shutting him he down. He never lets her finish, no. similar to how I'm treating you in this moment. No, that's fine. I'm used to it by now. Yeah. This feels healthy to me. Um, <laughs> exactly. It's fine. So she ends up, like, I always play with my rings, like, when we're sitting here talking. Right. So she, like, takes off her ring and puts it down to just be like, I just want to talk about this. And he, like, sees that as, like, and now you don't even want a relationship with me and, like, picks it up and mm. throws it. Right. And he's very mean to her. Yes. Calls her a bitch. It, right. It's just. And he's like, you're going to go run to someone else. Or it's very immediately like so personal. Yeah. It was very frustrating to me because I've been in those conversations where I'm like, I'm just trying to have a conversation mm-hmm. and your reaction isn't allowing that. Right. But also you set this up in a way that I cannot possibly win. Here. Right. There's no winning. Because yeah. he was saying, well, last night you were rubbing my back and crying with me. Yes. Yes. And she's like, well. Yeah, the person that I love is crying, and I'm not going to be cold and like not comfort you. Right. And right. She wanted the comfort too. Um, so anyway, that's a very specific deep dive into that scene. Right. Um, but it, CNN actually did an article about him today. Um, but it it does speak to what we're talking about today with he- with Heather. Um, is relationships that can veer toward abusive, and I want to make sure that we cover that that does not just mean physical abuse. It also means, to me, systemic manipulation, mm-hmm. passive aggression, mm-hmm. mental, verbal, emotional abuse, all of those right. things. Yeah. Um, yeah, so just a bit of a trigger warning, if that's something that would yes. upset you. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, But the reason that we had Heather come on, uh, she has very firsthand experience of coming being in and coming out of a relationship this way. And um, she and I have talked about it. Um, Actually, the way that our relationship communication works the most is um, we trade voice memos a lot of the day. So like on Heather's way to work, she'll send me, I don't know, like a seven or eight minute voice memo, like just checking in. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) I love that. Many podcast episodes. And then... (laughs) And then on my way to work, I'll reply to everything she said. And then, like, usually on her way home from work or her lunch break, like, she replies. And so we just do these kind of, like... Oh, that's really sweet. Forth. Yeah, it's yeah. like we we call each other, but it's, like... Right. Me, right. For when the, we're able. For yeah, the exactly. current age. Yeah, that's yeah really it's call. great. Minus Apple's issues with the record button oh. of voice memos. Because uh, the screen blacks out and yes. you lose everything. Yes. yes. And your thumb cramps up and yes. wants to die. Yes. Or yeah. even listening if I it's, like, a super long one and I get to, like, eight minutes of an 11-minute one or whatever and then... And a call comes in and I have right. to start over. Yeah. Yes. Like the worst. you told me that super long story. That's so aggressive. <laughs> every detail was important. A finger pointed in everything. It was. Well, I will just tattle on Hannah for a minute. <laughs> she sent me one on a day that was like very busy. And she's like, I know you, you're super busy today. I just had one quick thing I needed to tell you. But first, and then went on this very unrelated anecdote. None of it mattered. And I was, it was, it was minutes No, long. it was very good. But I kept trying to get my map on my phone to work. And so I kept like, getting notifications from my map and having to start this damn voice memo over. So I heard like the unimportant part at least seven times. And then the like 10 second relevant part. Finally, as I was going into it, at that point, I think even at the end, I said something like, "This doesn't matter. You can just whatever. (laughs) Don't worry about it." It Was not even urgent. That's hilarious. It's just very. I cannot. uh, What's the word of what I can't do? Summarize. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Where should I start? This feels like a trap. Anyway, Anyway, that's how Heather and I have a relationship and we keep it going, which if you are looking for ways to, you don't want to talk on the phone, but texting is not viable for you all the time. I love the voice record minus all of those problems. Yeah. So hopefully Apple can um, fix that. But uh, Heather (laughs) mentioned to me that she actually felt like this might be a good platform and a good time for her to share her story. And when Hannah and I talked about it, we felt like it was amazingly relevant Mm -hmm. to people listening either to support a friend going through something like this, which mm-hmm. I have some feedback from listeners on, um, or somebody who recognizes these patterns in their relationship or past relationships and kind of talk through healing. Um, mm-hmm. So, Heather, I'm going to give you the floor, but then, I, like I mentioned earlier, I do want it to be a conversation, so I yeah. don't want you to feel like you have to share what you do or do not want to, um, but would love to hear a little bit of background of sure. where you are and Absolutely. where you were. Um So when I was 14 uh, in middle school, I met a boy. And at the time I had like little to no self-esteem. I, You know, you're Mm -hmm. a middle school girl and you want everybody to like you. Right. You know, you're just getting out of braces and getting contacts and people are starting to notice you. And so this really very attractive boy um, asked to be my boyfriend and I was enamored. And I saw myself through his eyes for a really, really long time. And we dated through all of high school, through mm-hmm. all of college, wow. and six weeks after college got married. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It was kind of a part of the family tree, if you will. My parents yeah. were high school sweethearts. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it seemed normal. So then it like, clicked for you. Yes. Really? It yeah. is interesting. My parents started dating at 14, and so when I started dating people like around that age, I was like, this could be something that could be I need. Yeah. yeah. And I did have this idea of, well, the minute, like, I will leave college with 
the person that I'm marrying right. because that's just what I had right. seen. Yeah, your experience and so was. I get that. Yep. So yeah. it was totally normal in our mm-hmm. home. Um, I was the oldest. I have a younger brother. And so I didn't really have anybody to role model after other than right. mom and dad who have a great marriage and are con- still married to this day. They just celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. So it was something oh, awesome. really to model. Right. Um, and looking back, there were signs all of the time like, oh, I should have broken up with him then. I should have. Mm-hmm. Why did I let this happen? Why did I continue in this? But, you know, um, I was we dated for seven years and were married for 10 wow. before I walked out. Wow. So 17 years of my life. Well, and that was um, more than half of your life at that time. Yeah. Like, yeah. you probably didn't know yourself as anything no, other like all than, of right. your formative years with were this with one him. person. Yeah. And all of those first being with the same person yeah. is yeah. a huge deal. Because, you yeah. know, I would love to know – uh, at me, any fourteen-year-old listening, if you, <laughs> all of all of you, <laughs> if you do have self-esteem, I would love to know right. what your parents are doing and what, right. like, to yeah. give right. you that because right. I don't. Maybe I, their parents are listening. Yeah, yes, yeah, right. you, more likely. If you're the parent of a fourteen-year-old who has a fourteen-year-old with incredible self-esteem. I would really like to know because right. that is such a hard time and I think every girl is vulnerable yeah. at mm-hmm. that age yeah. for sure to and boys are too to oh, ex- to exerting their own masculinity and mm-hmm. you know yep. flexing a certain way so I, everyone's vulnerable at that age yeah 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 I truly believe that and you know I mean I loved him I truly loved him I believe he loved me um but as I've grown out of it, and it's kind of hard, I won't give you all, I mean, 17 years is a long time to talk about, so I won't yeah, do that. That is so, that's so much of your life. So much. Um, but as you, you look back, it's like, how did you not see it? And I know my yeah. parents felt that when I oh, got really? divorced and kind of, you know, said to them, this just isn't going to work. And it was after years of trying and counseling mm-hmm. and all of that jazz. And they were like, you know, we saw signs. But we were afraid. We were afraid. Yeah. You know, you loved him, so we loved him. And right. That is really difficult. It is. And they didn't yeah. want to say too much and get too involved. And I think what I've learned on the outcome of all of this is that one of the main reasons why I left, which was it was obviously abusive um, towards the end, not physically. Um, and I can tell you my theory on that. Um, but I left because at the time I had a three-year-old girl and a six-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. And I was determined that she would never be treated like that by anybody. Oh, and that he would never treat anyone the way I was being treated. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like my big thing, you know, yeah. and marching forward. And so my kids would probably tell you now that that's absolutely, I've said it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Multiple times as they've gotten older and now that they're in relationships, I'm much more, I'm involved, but I'm not involved. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I'm like definitely an appropriate not, amount. Right. Right. Like my parents were like, oh, you love him? Okay, we'll love him. Right. We'll, we'll just, right. You know, we're, this is we're normal this. for us. Like that's their version of supporting you. Correct. And in my world, it's like if I see red flags, I'm like, if they come, I won't necessarily jump to them and be like, hey, I saw these four things that you mm-hmm. might want to watch mm-hmm. out for. But if they're like, you know, this, they were saying this. And I'm like, mm, yeah, OK, let's talk about that. Right. You know? Right. Well, and knowing you and being, you know, on the receiving end of the way you love friends and family, you are very direct, but very tactful. Where if I am just like theorizing about something, you will come back with like very, well, here's what I've seen. And here's my advice on that, you know, where I think a lot of people and maybe it's a regional thing because you're not from the South that more people will be like, 
oh, okay. That I do think good. that's more of a Southern thing. I was wondering if you were Southern because mm-hmm. I think it's very Southern to be like, just let you let everyone live their own lives mm-hmm. as long as it's a lifestyle that you generally approve of. Right. And like say like, well, it's not my place. Well, or yeah. even one that like you see somebody in and you don't approve of, I think it's very difficult to figure out when to insert yourself, yeah. especially uninvited. And yeah. one thing, I mean, your kids are older, so they... How old are they now? They're 21 and 18. Okay. Um, and... They are fantastic people. Yeah. I tell you that all the time. They're what a people. I want to be a mom like you are a mom to your Aww. kids older. Um, That's really encouraging, I think, too, for people who have kids but are concerned about, like, the effect of, like, leaving. Yeah. I would think. Yeah. Yes. I wanted to talk about that. Um, no, no, no. That's great. Um, but one thing that I have really admired is how open and honest your kids are with you in a mm-hmm. way that I would never be. <laughs> especially the ages they are, and Mm -hmm. even almost now, of a relationship that I may have concerns about myself, but I would not open up to my family about that because I think when you're in it and talking to some of you on Instagram today and in my own experience with a very problematic relationship, you feel like you can fix it inside out. And even if you know that there are issues, you can justify them to yourself, or at least that was my experience of – well, I know what somebody else will say, but I don't want to give them the wrong impression of this person right. because how would I love them if all someone else is looking at is the right. things I'm complaining about right. or telling people. But what your kids are able to tell you is very astounding to me. Um, so is that something that based on your relationship, you felt like very intentional about as you raised your kids that there would always be that honesty and transparency yeah, with each other? Very, very much so. Um my kids and I, I think, bonded instantly um, when it all kind of shook down. Mm-hmm. And my ex-husband and I, just as a preface, we are friendly, mm-hmm. um, probably closer now than we've been in a long, long time. Um, he's remarried, has a wonderful wife and uh, a daughter. And we've, you know, he knows a lot of how I feel. I don't think he's heard it recently. But, um, <laughs> uh, but you know, are you going to send this to him or like, <laughs> okay. probably not. But anyway. Speaking of you. Yeah, I'm doing a podcast all about you. Um, but I think that my intention always, like, we obviously bonded. We kind of, we lived in a rental house that, you know, my kids will tell you was the worst nine months of their life before we moved to North Carolina. But there was always just this, we're going to be together. And mm-hmm. I think a part of it was, is that he traveled a lot for his job. And so, and then he would come home and kind of do his own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so he would travel like Monday through Thursday and then he would golf or bike Saturday Friday and Saturday mm-hmm. and spend like maybe a half a day with us. And so when he actually left, my kids didn't feel a void. There was no right, void. Right, right. He was already gone. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. already doing everything all the time anyway. Right, right. So it didn't really, you know, that that piece of their life wasn't it wasn't like they were pining at the door for dad. Right. Um and so we were always close anyway. Yeah. And then being alone made us much, much closer. And then um I just I've always talked to them like they were adults. And I know that's probably, I've kept them sheltered in some ways, you know, but I would talk to them like adults. And I I would say to them. I feel like you're like that, Hannah. That's my goal. I hope that I do that. Like, and I I always tell them, I can't lie to you. And it's Mm -hmm. funny. We have this thing. My husband would be like, okay, my now husband, who's fantastic. Um, But he would say things like, okay, go with me on this. Like when they were in like elementary and middle school and they were trying to get away with stuff, he'd make up some cockamamie story to get them to spill the beans. And they'd be like, I think you're lying. And and he'd be like, we are not lying. And they'd look across the dinner table at me and I'm like, (laughs) like, they're like, see mom's face. She can't lie, you know? And so 
Yeah, I've just always said to them, I, I'd rather you tell me the truth yes. than lie to me. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't care how horrible it is. We'll figure that out. Right. Always tell me the truth. And they just do. They really do. That's so good. That's what, the key. Well, and <laughs> I know. Taking notes. Yeah, really. I know at the end of things, everything became clear. And I feel like things kind of crystallized where you're like, well, obviously this has been going on for a long time. Yeah. But what were early signs that you ignored and how did those or not um, even ignored, but justified to yourself? And I can tell you if you're interested as some, you know, a, it wasn't marriage, but a shorter relationship that I ignored a lot of signs yeah. until finally I couldn't anymore. Like what for you? How did it escalate? I think it escalated for me. I saw signs back when we were in high school, honestly, in college, where he would talk about other girls mm-hmm. a lot, yeah. like, like, and would claim friendship out. of They were either in a class together or whatever, and I would see it, and I would get super, like, you know, insecure, like, do you like them? And mm-hmm. so I'd overcompensate for the love or the attention. Um, he was very, very much, like, you will be with me. If another guy looked my way, mm-hmm. there was, you know, he'd go to their dorm and want to beat them up and uh, things like that. Very, yeah, very possessive. Yeah. Very possessive. Um, but to me, when he would get possessive, I would take it as protection. Like, oh, right, he really wants right, to be yeah. with me. You oh, know, so like how much he me. loves me. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't really anybody in my life at the time that was like, um, That's hello. not okay. Like, yeah. This isn't right. Mm-hmm. And so then we had kids. And of course, everybody thinks kids are going to fix it. Yeah. And I honestly think that our relationship, he and I had a decent relationship. I'm not going to pretend like every day was horrible because it wasn't. We had, you know, a lot of good times and we tried to focus on our marriage, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but when we had children and he was no longer the center of attention. Mm. that's when things started to change. So he was like almost threatened by your kids. Yes. He was much very, you know, it was, I think the battle for my attention, my affection um, was very much diminished um, by him. And so it was, it was hard as we aged through, I mean, our kids were fairly young when I left. Yeah. Um, we moved actually to Long Island, New York, when Madison Oh, am I allowed to say her name? Yeah, whatever okay. you're comfortable with. Yeah, <laughs> my daughter. She was the youngest. Um, she was nine months old when we moved to Long Island, and it was the furthest away we had ever been from any family. Yeah, and I didn't know a soul. Yeah, and I was a stay-at-home mom. You're which cut off from everyone. Totally cut off. Didn't know anybody. He was working um, in the five boroughs of Manhattan and Long Island, so he was never home, driving yeah. all around. And so I made girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Well, there's something about a Strong Island woman. Yeah, that I and I owe so much to those ladies there because they helped me get to where I am. They showed me, they'd be like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And I think their eyewitness of our marriage on the front, you know, and just even me like doing everything. And when I tell you I did everything except bring in the bacon, like make money, I did everything. Mm -hmm. You name it, it was done by me. Um, And they, their husbands would do all the stuff and they would even like go to the grocery store for them. I'm like, they go to the grocery store? <laughs> Can right. they do that? Who does that? Yeah. Right. And, they, and they would say, you know, I, and the husbands would say, I want to die and come back as your husband. Oh, yeah. You know, and so it was those little things that started to like make me look around. And then I started to, I decided when Maddie was two, I was going to get a job. Yeah. I was going to job. He didn't, hadn't wanted me to work. And so I got a waitressing job just to get out of the house. Right. Yeah. And I did it at night so that he could watch his kids. Mm-hmm. And While they were sleeping. 
pretty yeah. much yeah. babysit. It right. was very much a babysitting <laughs> yes. situation. Um, and But I felt alive. Like, I was like, yeah. oh, my gosh, I have adult interaction and people talk to me, you know. And I think by the time I left, I had the self-esteem of literally a gnat. I mean, yeah. I well, just. Especially if you entered the relationship with low self-esteem anyway. There yeah. Any, there was no way to go. Right. 17 years later, that could have grown right. that much. No. And it seems like he really, like, he didn't want you to work. And didn't want you to, like, make Grow. guy friends, I assume. And no. then, like, you moved away. So there's really no – it would be really hard. <laughs> yeah. And looking back now, like, for anyone that's kind of in a such similar situation, I think, what would you look for? Um, if they're trying to not let you have friends. Yeah. Mm. Like, my strong island friends, he hated them. He didn't no. want me to hang out with them. They were an influence that they he couldn't stand up to, I right. guess. Um, and I was – gaining strength just by being around these other families and Mm -hmm. these other women. Um, So that would be one. Um, And when they start talking to you and call you Mm -hmm. bitch and call you this and call you that, we went to a wedding one day for friends in college and I bought a dress and he was like, oh, that's nice, whatever. And we go to the wedding and friends of ours from college that we hadn't seen in a long time were there and we had crashed another wedding actually. And we were a little tipsy and came out of that <laughs> wedding. That wedding's over. The wedding we attended, we got back to our hotel. There's another wedding going on. So well, we sorry. this wedding. Sub episode. Give us your <laughs> wedding crashing tips. Sounds because amazing. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> we just kind of rolled into the reception. That'll wow. be like bonus. That'll be our Patreon bonus. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we were all dressed up. We were all, you know, wow. half hammered. And so we roll into this other and we start dancing with all these people we didn't even know. Okay, that sounds amazing. That sounds it was so awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. So the next day we we're having breakfast. Um and the groom of our friend, the groom, his older brother was there. And everybody was talking about what a great night it was. And um, and my ex-husband at the time, he was like, yeah, he was like, wasn't I the star of the show? I was like dancing with all the people Ooh. and all this stuff. I'm sorry. I really don't care for him. Yeah. He's <laughs> with thumbs down. He's, and, like, he's a Barnett. If you've yeah. seen him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this brother looks over and he says to the entire table he goes there was only one star of the show last night and she's sitting right next to you <gasps> oh oh boy well i am like instantly like flattered like yeah oh my gosh like i've never felt so good in my whole life yeah. right we go back we we're heading out to the airport and he looks at me and he was like oh you think you're big time now <gasps> and i'm like what he was like, what are you, some kind of whore? Now you have everybody like oh, looking at you that oh, way. Gosh. Oh, man. So it was that kind of language. And that yeah. escalated through about a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went on a cruise for our 10-year anniversary. And I told my mom, I said, this is the make it or break it. Oh, wow. And when we were on the cruise, literally his head would snap back and forth looking at every other woman walking by. I oh. mean, just, it just, it, you know, and when I left him, everybody was shocked. Because we no. looked like the perfect yeah. couple. You know, mm-hmm. the two kids, the little dog, the white picket fence, the pretty house, the great job. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and that was it. I was like, I am done. So you felt just tired of being degraded and disrespected Constantly. and all of that. Yeah. Um, but I think one of the things I took away from you just sharing that was, as we talk about a lot on this podcast, the power of friendships mm-hmm. and yes. mm-hmm. tribal mindset and a commune and all mm-hmm. of those things. And that yeah, we and just joke women about. coming together. Yeah. And saying like when something isn't okay at well, the risk of at the risk of even sometimes I feel like one of the most 
powerful things that my friend Amanda said to me back when Milan was first born was like, no matter what you say, like, it doesn't change my opinion of Passan. Because, like, you know, yeah. you just need to, like, go invent. So just knowing you have a safe space, because then right. I know that I can unload. Right. Like, in that way, if I'm telling her, oh, you know, this isn't this, like, petty things, it's not going to change her opinion. But mm-hmm. I also feel safe to tell her everything. Mm-hmm. So were there something that I said that did, like, raise a red flag? Yeah, and I think even, Which too- there wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, to be clear. Ahead, that's a disclaimer. Uh, until Hannah shares her story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, um, we really love this song. But, um... I think, too, in those environments, like, those friendships, especially, like, when you add kids to the mix and, you know, all of it, mm-hmm. y- it starts to normalize or abnormalize the way your relationship is, even mm-hmm. without directly saying, right? oh, yeah, oh, here is this, because when you hear other people talking about their marriages, if you're not comfortable talking about yours, mm-hmm. you do, like you said, oh, your husband does that? Or, right, right. right. You do? Yeah. Um, that is a really powerful thing just to have the normalization because I think like even when you first add kids and you're like, Oh, I feel like I'm carrying everything for the first time ever. You're like, Oh, lots of moms feel that way. Right. It's the power of gossip. Yeah. We're talking about touched on a little bit of like, you know, women coming together and like unloading everything. Like there's a reason for it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, especially in like a Southern biblical culture that we're in, I do have friends who have said, I don't talk about my husband at all to my friends because I just want to respect him. And I don't disagree with that approach either, but I do think there is a way to do it that is not disrespectful or degrading. There's a part of your life that you're just sharing anecdotally that it doesn't have to be a negative or a venting, but I also always wonder, where are you able to get, you know, some kind of input or opinion or whatever? Um, Because that immediately, I think, closes you off to hearing anything else either. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had a friend who responded to my Instagram question saying that we were recording about this topic. And she flipped it in a way that was interesting that I didn't consider when I put that out there, that she has a friend going through an an extremely abusive situation Mm -hmm. um, that has, has escalated and escalated until it's become a dangerous situation. And she's like, as a friend, I'm trying to figure out exactly what my role is mm-hmm. and i feel a heavy burden to steward her through this yeah um and also wonder should i have spoken up sooner right should i not and you know that you run the risk of isolation if a couple in that situation reconciles right. and you have unloaded everything that you feel about that person and then right. there's that awkward like well now i know that you think my husband's an asshole right or, you know right. whatever right. or partner husband wife whatever it is in that right. situation and so she said, and I thought this was really good, that when her friend reached out to her again today, you know, just feeling like, I'm not sure if this is right, and just feeling, you know, all, shaky and all the emotions, mm-hmm. that my friend went through and emailed her every example that that friend had sent her of, like, basically a case study to mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. here is documentation, essentially, of every event that since you've let me in on this, mm-hmm. I have witnessed, heard directly from you, seen, you know, whatever, to give you a look like, would you ever stay in this? Right. Because, right. you know, to your point earlier, not every moment is bad no. in, in most right. relationships that are toxic relationships. Um, but would you have any advice, too, for somebody who's like walking through that alongside a friend of what feels not invasive but supportive? Yeah, I think much like what she's doing, you know, continue to kind of compile on the side mm-hmm. the things that she's witnessed. But just to be there for her, I can speak to the girl. 
she's not going to leave until she's ready. Yeah. Um, and that was my big thing. I mean, I had friends like, I can't believe you're still with him. Why would you stay with him? Like, I had to go with no regret. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had to know I gave it my all. Right. I did everything I possibly could. I tried the counseling. You know, I tried to, you know, my big thing was I thought I could change him. Yeah. Right. And you just can't change him. And well, because my, you genuinely loved him. And absolutely. that, like, we can't under, like, underscore that. No. Like, you, right. you did. I genuinely right. loved him. And I knew, like, it was one of those, like, I thought that if I could just get him to see mm-hmm. what uh, what a great life we have, yeah, you know, right. like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be like this. Like, we could really be great together. And because we were in so many instances. And it's just, I remember my mom saying, why, why won't you go? Like he's verbally abusing you. He's mentally abusing, emotionally abusing you, Mm -hmm. you know? And she asked me, she was like, has he ever hit you? Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, I was like, but if he ever did, that would be it. Mm -hmm. But why would it take a smack across the face for me to go when yet I am living and still healing all these years later from emotional and verbal scars that are it's like far an, it's worse an interesting than... weight to put on like well it wasn't physical so right. i because i feel like that's kind of like that could be kind of an ex not i don't want to say excuse that seems a bit light but like a way of like well i don't need to get involved because it's not physical you know if right, like you right. see someone like, going not, through that because i think that is a hard line of well that's dangerous like right, or right. you would say i would never allow right that right people do for the exact same reason right. and, and the mental and the emotional is just as important and damaging if, if not, not more damaging, not more damaging. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so my suggestion to your friend would definitely be to just continue to support her, be there, be a, an ear. Um, you know, I had quite a few friends, um, you know, one of my best friends up there, she actually served the divorce papers to my oh, ex-husband. Oh, wow. Oh, that's Because he was... Yeah, really. But he also knew, what an empowering moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He knew what was coming. And in New York, you have to be in the state. Or, you know, I guess you'd probably have to do it in every state. But a, like, court-appointed person came and knocked on the door, and he wouldn't answer it. Oh. And so I had to call my friend, because I was not in New York at the time when the divorce papers were served. And I was like, will you serve him these papers? She's oh like, abs. I mean, she had <laughs> like, a lot of choice hoping. words for that, but she was like, I would love to. She's like, hold my beer. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right Pretty much. She's like, and, and I've been waiting for it. Yeah. And, and she did, you know, and so, but she was there for me and she would give me her two cents very bluntly, mm-hmm. but tactfully, you know, yeah. like she, and so my suggestion would be like be just be there for her, you yeah. know, and let her vent to you. But she's gonna have to come to the place where she's ready to walk away because otherwise it just she'll get sucked back in. Do mm. you think? And I know everybody is different, but if somebody is witnessing a relationship that they feel like is becoming very toxic, mm. for the person who's in it and is either unaware or not yet open about it, is it helpful or hurtful to pull them aside and say if they haven't opened up to you about it, but to say like, yeah, good question. Hey, mm-hmm. this right. isn't okay. This concerns right. me. Do you think that makes the person like become more defensive of their relationship? And again, I know it's different for everybody. Yeah, I think sometimes in the moment. It might be harder. Mm -hmm. I think you may have to judge the timing um, because I know that I did have some friends that would say things to me sometimes and I'd be like, oh, no, no, no. He's not like that. Mm. Or I would lie to cover it up. You Mm -hmm. know, that's why when I left him, so many people were like shocked. Right. You know, people that didn't know us. But like I had like a mommy group. Yeah, right. Every Thursday we'd get together. And I would I was not the type to come and be like, oh, let me tell you what he did right, this time. Yeah. You know, I really, I was more the listener. Mm-hmm. And when they would say, oh, you know, John mowed the lawn and watched the kids. And I went out with friends for drinks. I was like, 
wow. You know, like yeah. I was like more like the sponge of how this is how the other half lives, yeah. you know, kind of thing. So and then as time marched on, I would share a little bit or they'd be like, has, was he home at all? Did you feel like right. you were testing the waters of like, is this an okay thing to say? Like, I if think, I can slide this yeah. little one in? Yeah. Right. I think at times, you know, but there are times when you're just genuinely defensive for your yeah. spouse because you're fighting for yourself and you're fighting for your marriage and you don't want to look like a fool. No. Right. You know? Well, and I think every relationship, even if it's, you're not in an, a toxic relationship or unhealthy relationship, when you're building new female friendships. Yeah. It's important, not important, but I do think it's a big part of it to figure out what's reciprocated or not. Right. Like, yes. You said what Amanda said, which is still so powerful. And one of the things I think about a lot of this won't change how I feel about him. But you know that you have those friends that all you ever hear is the negative yeah. thing about their partner. And it's right. really hard not to let that paint a picture of right. you. Because you're not, it's very rare that you're like, we had a great mundane day today. Right. It's right. thought you should In know. life in right. general, you're going to share the negative way more than the positive. But I right. think there does take a feeling out and a reciprocation of like, is this an okay thing to say mm-hmm. without it being a judgment on my marriage right. or on myself. And both of you are privy to that where I feel like it's a very respectful space. Mm-hmm. And you You've shared it back to me of like, here's where we are. And like, once you get to that level, then it feels safe. But I think that takes a lot of building Mm -hmm. to in a friendship. And creating the space. Yeah. And allowing that to happen. Yeah. Um, But to your point about um, physical abuse. So uh, working for a nonprofit, and I've shared the stat on here before, but I wanted to bring it up again because it's very important, I think, that. It takes a woman seven times to leave an abusive relationship before she'll leave for good. Mm. And that mm. is... I remember you saying that before. One of the most staggering statistics to me, mm-hmm. because I think so many people do believe that that would be their line, that they would leave. Mm. But by the time it gets to that point, that becomes one more thing to justify. Of, right. Well, he didn't mean to, or right. because most people who become physically abusive then, you know, there's a lot of disorders going on in their mind, but they work so hard to manipulate and bring it back to, I would not yet. So, you know, cajoling and all of those things. Right. That it's easy to then be sucked back into that pole. and Like, oh, it never happened again. And then it does and it escalates. And um, for me, that was, that was the line that thankfully I did leave a relationship that had been uh, escalating in its dysfunction. I Mm -hmm. wouldn't necessarily call it abuse, but there was so much dysfunction in this relationship. And I'd known for a while, I'm like you, where I have to know it is over right? and buried and very over because I don't want to walk away from something and ever feel like I could have done more. What if I had as, or to even carry into another relationship? Like, I feel like if you leave a relationship prematurely, sometimes what ends up outweighing your memories are all of the great times. So then when something mm-hmm. else gets difficult, you're like, well, it wasn't like that with him, you right. know? Right. Um, so I waited too long of course, and um, as I tended to. And there was a situation that had been growing again in dysfunction um, that mostly related to his alcohol abuse. Um, And he was 15 years older than me, and um, there was just no reciprocation in our relationship. Like, I spent most of college (laughs) going to see him, and he would never come see me. You know, there was, like, Mm -hmm. a weird power (laughs) struggle that wasn't really there. It was just he had no interest, and I was very happy to give up what would have been my college social time right to, to go and spend time with him uh but his binge drinking had gotten very out of control and um we were at a party and um i insisted that we go home because it was uh, unsafe at that point and um on our car ride home while i was driving he put his hands around my neck and oh my. he was trying to make a point because he was frustrated 
but he was also drunk and I wasn't and he was frustrated and so that was what he did like he reached over and put his hands around my neck while I was driving he didn't squeeze nothing but the fact was he, he did that like yeah, he touched he me didn't. in a way that was he tested very scary he yeah. did and I felt like then when I looked back I'm like maybe there have been some times when we gotten into a fight when he, we, he was drinking before that he like pushed me but not really pushed me you know like there right, were all these things right. that I'm like Maybe he like bumped me, but like, right. I don't know. And I realized like, well, this is already growing, but in ways that were just staggered enough. And when drink, right. when alcohol's involved, it becomes very blurry because right. you're because like, you're like, is well, it the alcohol? Yeah, right. it's not it him. Really him. Yeah. It's that like he's drinking too much. Mm-hmm. And I know he'll be sorry. But that night, it was one of those where I had been checked out of the relationship emotionally for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And I think I was waiting for the thing the trigger. that yeah. would be the thing that ended it. Mm-hmm. And I'm really thankful that that's. That that happened, and that is all that happened. Not for like a way of to like lessen that. No, but we didn't end up in like a worse situation. Totally, we got back to his house. I took all my stuff and my dog. We weren't living together; it was just a weekend thing. But I would, uh, I took my dog, all my stuff, and went back to my apartment. Um, And he got in the car and drove back to the party. Um, Oh my! And then, interestingly, married a girl that I knew that he was interested in at that party. but reached out to me recently to tell me that he and that girl were having problems. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> Lose because my no, number. Yeah. But yeah. there <laughs> is an interesting level of narcissism with people who are abusive in any yeah. kind of relationship because yeah. he never reached out to apologize after that happened. And it was like a couple weeks later that he was like, so should we like break up or mm. – and I was like, are you going to acknowledge that you had your hands around my throat? Right. Or is that yeah. like just not something that we're talking yeah. about? And even in the postmortem that happened later when we were on better terms. Right. I was like, you know that this happened, right? Yeah. And he was like, I mean, I know things kind of got out of hand. I'm like, okay. Yes, by your hands. Right. <laughs> like, right. right. By literally because you were you. physically aggressive. Yeah. Right. But it is an interesting thing of do people who are abusive, do they truly not remember? Do they hope that it's going to be smoothed over? Where is it? And I do have some level of compassion that I probably shouldn't have for somebody right. who is right. struggling that much. They cannot have a functional relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I did read interesting research that I would like both of your opinions on. That just because someone is abusive in one relationship does not mean they will be abusive in another relationship. But they will always stay abusive if they stay in the same relationship. I disagree. Okay. Only because I witnessed it. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think, um, I think you are who you are. And I think, especially if it's a narcissistic abuser, mm-hmm. um, I've seen this in multiple places, not just in my own relationship, but where a, a narcissist is just not going to change and they're not going to remember that they did something. And if they do remember it, they're going to turn it around and make it your fault. Right. Um, and that manipulative piece of them is what's so frustrating, mm-hmm. you know? And I think I shared this quote with you not long ago, but. You know, an apology without change is just manipulation. Yes. Mm. And that's all that they do. That's what yeah. they do. And, you know, whether it's verbal or whatever, like you were saying with physical abuse, they come back, they swoon you back or whatever. It's the same thing. Same yeah. thing with emotional, you know, they you they give you the silent treatment and then, you know, a day goes by and then they're like, oh, I'm really sorry. And then they're good for two weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they're right back at their business, you know. A guy I dated in college before this winter that I just told you about, he, <laughs> he, um, <laughs> We were exclusive for a long time. Then he decided he didn't want to be exclusive anymore, but wanted to date my friends and then would rank my friends and myself based on the type of attractive we were, cute, pretty, beautiful, or hot. Um, And he'd be like, like, you're cute, 
but like your roommate is hot or you know whatever right. and, and he would be like garbage you would be yeah. prettier <laughs> but it just grosses me out to watch you eat because it reminds me of my mom who's very obese and i'm like well that makes me feel great right <laughs> <laughs> But I look back at myself, I'm like, why did you not have enough self-respect? Right. Why did you not tell him off? I, I think the same thing about some situations, and I didn't. too. Like, why did I not just, like, tell him off? Yeah, I think yeah. I was just so insecure of, like, he must – because to me, I had not met a person that would just say that without right. it being true. Where right. I'm like, nobody I know would just, like, say that for no right. reason. Right. So right. obviously it's true. Or I would be right. like, well, you're right. I mean, my roommate – objectively is hotter than i am right. hot so he's not saying anything that isn't true and he's right. still saying that i'm cute right. and i like craved that like right right because physical physical uh, you know <laughs> attractiveness has always been my biggest struggle so i'm like he's still attracted to me now he had no chin and was very unattractive so i don't know why <laughs> I like i cared for would that have a hundred percent guessed that that comment did not come from no like, he had transition lenses and no okay chin. first of all i have transition lenses so that's <laughs> okay rude. well yeah but you wear them as a fashion thing so i don't know <laughs> but it was like I just feel like so many times we're ripe for it, for being yeah. in these. And mm-hmm. nobody seeks to enter a dysfunctional right. relationship. No. I, and, right. and I don't know that every time somebody is predatorily abusive. Like, no. I think no. a lot of times people fall into that without meaning to on the abuser side of it. Like, yeah. I don't think this guy meant to make me feel horrible about mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. Right. Totally. He did. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, and I think that it can also be the way you're raised. Yeah. yeah. And I think that was my ex's thing was it was how he was raised. It was very, um, you know, 50s household type mm-hmm, of mentality right. where he I'm worked, the man. she stayed uh-huh. home, she took care of the kids and she, you know, cooked and, you know, only had a life in and around the boundaries that he formed for her. Right. And so I think it was just kind of, and then I stepped into his life and I think I, because we were so young and then right into college and then graduated and literally neither of us lived on our own ever. Our whole yeah. lives until yeah. the day we got divorced, mm-hmm. and, and it was like I kind of just instantly filled the mom role. Yeah, and he had watched the way his dad went, and that, so I don't necessarily blame him for yeah. that. Right. Um, I think he had people in his life that showed him better, but I think that was—I think it was ingrained. It was just mm-hmm. so ingrained, you know. <clears throat> I have yeah. two more questions, um, and then if we're out of time, you can tell me. But oh um, yeah, we are. <laughs> okay, I have a question for you, Hannah, mm-hmm. and then I have one for you, Heather. Okay. Um, somebody shared with me on Instagram um, today a short version of the story of – that sounds very similar um, to what you um, experienced where they had been together young, got married young. Um, he had an alcohol problem that escalated and escalated until it got scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she was divorced in her very, very early 20s. Um, and dealt with a lot of shame and stigma of that hmm. coming out of it. Now she's very happy and, it, you know, is in a wonderful relationship. But did you feel shame and stigma uh, leaving a relationship or did you not? And how do you how would you recommend somebody kind of rebuild? Right. Yeah. I was super empowered. Yeah. If I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't feel any shame for good. getting divorced. That's good. Um, That's wonderful. For me, I know a lot of people stay in it because of the kids. Mm-hmm. They worry about it for the kids. They And if they leave, you know, then they feel shame that their yeah. their children have to go through this. And I, I don't wish divorce on anybody right. or on their own children. But for me, Dr. Phil, of, of all people, um, actually <laughs> says it's better to be from a broken home than to live in one. Oh, wow. And that's oh. stuck in my mind. And from that moment, well, like I remember hearing that and thinking – 
that's what's best for my kid. That's what's best for us right now is to walk away from this. You know, like we'll be better people on our own. My children will be better people because I didn't keep them in a really, you know, keep them under the roof of a broken relationship because that's what it was. Well, and they've affirmed you recently that very thing. They have both said that because I know that you have encouraged them to navigate their own relationship with their dad and have not tried to alienate them from their dad. Never. Um, Mm -hmm. But as they have, define their own relationships with him i you have shared with me that they've both come to you to say this was the best thing you could have possibly done for us was leave the situation and now your your husband now has been able to fill a great void for them and show them what a relationship looks like and i think specifically your daughter said i now see what a relationship looks like and can look like and i think that opportunity she wouldn't have been able speaking of modeling she wouldn't have seen that in that situation right um yeah Hannah, I have a I have a question for you about this. Okay. True or false that you believe mm-hmm. that currently the culture of the way men view women, there is a lot of gaslighting that happens. True. Um, and can you define what that kind of culture is for listeners? I had to explain gaslighting to David recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want you to share it because it's a term that's going around and mm-hmm. I want people to be able to recognize it when it happens because mm-hmm. it's very subtle. It yeah. is very subtle. But I feel like it is incredibly damaging and pervasive. Gaslighting yeah. is when you know something to be true and someone convinces you it isn't happening. So mm-hmm. on a level of an abusive relationship, when someone convinces you that you are not experiencing abuse. Yeah, like you're the crazy one. Yes. Right. Um, the first example that comes to my mind is Donald Trump. He's yes. a huge gaslighter. Mm-hmm. Just like basically trying to say that like, no, you're totally wrong. It's like if you know someone is cheating on you, you yes. have... And you're like, are you cheating on me? And they say no, but they are. You're insecure. Right. You're insecure. You're being gaslit because it's basically forcing you to not have to, to not be able to trust yourself and your own instincts. And our instincts are very powerful. Mm -hmm. So it's so dangerous to lose those things Mm -hmm. and to feel like, well, now I don't know what to believe. And anyway. And some of that, I think, takes education because, again, I've talked about, um, David's struggles with alcohol and some of the hardest things that we went through were mm-hmm. when I knew it was going on but didn't actually know that it was going on. Right. And would say to him, like, I know this is happening. Right. And he would be like, I don't know what to tell you. It's not happening. Right. Because then In it's like, way, well, I can't trust myself. Right. Because I'm right. like, I swear I know this, but right. I guess if he's telling me it's right. not. Um, and you want – you instinctively want to trust your partner. Yeah. Because that – therefore by extension is you're trusting yourself to make a good decision Mm -hmm. but when i explained to him later like here is something that like i'm still having to work through is that i felt gaslighted for a really long time right he was like i don't understand that term right Mm. and for him it was a self-protective thing he wasn't trying to make me feel bad he was trying to Mm -hmm. i don't know oh yeah i don't think it comes from like I don't think it comes from I'm going to gaslight someone. It Sometimes comes from I think to, it does. But. Well, I mean, but even that, it, it will come from, like, protecting your own self-interest. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like, I'm bored, so I'm going to gaslight someone. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I don't want to lose what I have with this girl, but I still want to do stuff on the side. Or, like, I don't want to yeah. lose whatever else. So it's in my own self-interest to lie around. Yeah, so lie if, to people around me. If yeah. you're in a relationship that you feel like could be toxic, and it could be a friendship too. Like this True. is not. Definitely. I mean, I think I have yes. been in just as many damaging friendships, and maybe have damaged other people accidentally. Like, I would encourage you to that be a step that you start to look at. Like, do mm-hmm. you constantly feel like you're doubting your own 
intuition mm-hmm. <laughs> about yeah. your relationship um, and then kind of work through some examples or even ask friends that you have. Yeah. <laughs> like when you right. see this, what do you think? And I know that takes a lot of vulnerability, but I think there's a lot of power in that. Right. And, yeah. and finding those people that you can love and trust that yeah. much. Yes, for sure. For sure. Well, we want to end on a, a bit of a higher note. So we're going to take a quick break and then do a sound like a good idea to read. Yes. All right, well, we are back, and you know we love to read. We haven't – did we name a March community read? Yet? No, we forgot to oh. do that. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I recommended last time we talked uh, The House We Grew Up In by Lisa Jewell. Heather, I think you just read a Lisa Jewell I did. I read um, Then She Was Gone. Okay, tell us about that. that was really that. good. Um, it's basically – I listened to it on 1.75. I'm not oh, my lie. God. That, like, stresses <laughs> me out so much. I have to start a book 1. at – 1.75. Yeah, because it's – You are living on the edge. They're, yeah. like, 12 <laughs> hours long, and I don't have time. I don't have 12 hours. So um, I started it. I start normal. I love so your I can, agency over your own time because I'd be like, I could find 12 hours. I, I know. Yeah. I just yeah. can't do it. So I – listen at the beginning to get like the plot and the main characters at 1.0 so i'm like really engaged and then i'm like okay i know who everybody is and then i turn it up wow. yeah, so i can skip 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 right maybe through. that's the way to go yeah but it was yeah. about this mom who um had three children and one of her children went missing oh, gosh. Um, and disappeared and then years later her bones were found <sighs> um and so it's just this big like intricate of her trying like dealing is with scary her- no, it's not really scary. Okay. Like, it's just kind of interesting. Um, but I didn't find it scary. I mean, okay. it may have been more scary had I read it with, like, a book and paper. But yeah, yeah. I was listening while I was gardening. Well, and it's so fast so. as you're getting right through well, the scary part. Yeah, I was right, like, right, oh, right. that happened. Ooh, that, yeah. So Bones. it was just, ah! right. <laughs> That's for 30 seconds, yeah. and now we're good. Yeah. Yeah, the emotions it was, don't really get to sink in at 1.75. No, 7. they don't. But it goes so fast, like you're hooked, like you're ready to go for the next chapter. Right. So, but it Do was, you feel like you're out of breath? Because I think I would li- like physically be out of breath because I like breathe, I think, in cadence to what I'm listening That's hilarious. to. That's so I don't know. <laughs> well, it wasn't that scary. So maybe yeah, but not. even not scary. Like, I think I just... <laughs> Anyway, that's so obviously my own personal issue. We need to do an, like another bonus episode of someone just reading you listening to like a one point seven five, and I'll just like record it. Right. <laughs> well, I would start sweating. Your reaction, sweating. Heather, you need to be there. I know, she's right? Pass I got to this. Obviously. obviously, I know. Um, but the other book that I really loved, yes. and I don't remember the name of the author, but I could look it up real quick while we're doing it, is called The Wife. Okay. Oh Ooh, my gosh! I think I've heard of this one. It's. I think it's on my was list. So good. Like good. it took a little while, but then all of a sudden I was like. Sometimes those are the most rewarding. Yeah, it was so many yeah. plot twists. I was like, "What? Ooh, I love what? plot twists." Huh? Oh my oh. gosh! Oh yeah, it was, but great. not like convoluted, right? No, like it was totally like no way. Because we just watched a show, a BBC show that's on Netflix called The Stranger. Yes. Oh, I'm going to watch that. Okay, I recommend did you like it. it. I liked it too. I did. I really liked it. It did get very convoluted though, mm-hmm. in like some of the middle episodes where David and I were both like, "What?" Right. I still like that. I still like figuring that out in the end. It's very it, rewarding for me. It was very rewarding, but sometimes plot twists happen for the sake of plot twists, I right. think. Okay. And they yeah. can get over complex. But I do recommend the show. Watch it if you like plot twisty shows yeah. with yeah, some I, suspense. I absolutely love plot twists. Like then you too. will like it. But um, do you know the author? Yes. Yeah, so it's The Wife by Alifair Burke. Okay. B-U-R-K-E. I think I, I think I do have that on my list. Very good. I'm, I'm going to have to check that out. You told me on our walk over here that you think that you're an audiobook I like convert audiobook thing. Yeah, Hoopla is like my new favorite thing because you can rent them for, or borrow them from the library. 
Oh, so it's free. Well, that's interesting. The only problem is that not every title is out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, like, like, you'll go and you're like... with the Kindle on library. Right. Library on Kindle. Thank you. So, you go to try to get it, and it's not there. So, that's a bummer. But the one... The house we grew up in is is next. Yeah. But it's 13 hours. Not on 1.75. Not for you. Dudes, I'm going to be done in, like... hours. Exactly. (laughs) It's going to be quick. lunch break. Heather's like, has anyone tried to listen to it on (laughs) (laughs) 2.5? How fast can I go? Yes. Oh, man. Um, Well, I am a third of the way through a book. It's called The Au Pair by Emma Roos or Rouse, R-O-U-S. I don't usually like suspense books because they scare me more than suspense shows. Um, (laughs) But it is very great. It's about a mystery... um, Twins were born to a mom who had had twins and one had died before. Um, And then the day that the mom gave birth to twins, she jumped off a cliff and committed suicide. And the family, like... I'm into this immediately. Yeah. Um, They had no pair at the time who disappeared immediately after. And the twins were never, like, told kind of what happened. And um, the girl twin found a picture taken the day they were born. But there's only one baby in the photo. She knows the au pair took it. And the mom looked amazingly happy um and so now she's trying to piece together what actually happened that day and Mm. what role the au pair played um and it is very great there's nothing scary about it so far she's truly just trying to track down like her family history um i'm reading that for sure it is very good i'm a third of the way through um i read it on the plane um and i am recommending it i'm pre-recommending it because i like it so much a third of the way in good to know to look and see if it's on hoopla yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> How about you, Hannah? Are you listening? I'm still reading listening here. Or- no, okay. I, I like to, um, for some reason, I have to do only the nonfiction books on audi- audible audiobook, except this one, Pure, by the one I recommended two weeks ago. Linda K. Klein is the author, um, and it is very good. I usually do not like to read nonfiction. I like to listen to it. And so I, this one really has me. It's really good. It's nice. the same that I'm going through, but I'm going to be reading both of these next because yeah. they sound very good. So. Yeah. The wife is very good. Yeah. Awesome. Oh yeah. Well, Heather, thank you for joining us. Thank you for thank you. Um, supporting the podcast and listening to the podcast. Yes. yes. And, and coming here podcasts. after your 12-hour shift of no, this is great. helping the constipated masses. <laughs> Literally the masses. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Um, awesome. Well, join us here next week. Uh, no, we'll be traveling, I don't think. I don't know. Anything Again, happen, I don't, honestly, I don't know gonna, where the population Maybe the world. we won't be here, according to Caroline. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> everyone, calm down, everyone. I want to be the new Simpsons. So years from now, <laughs> when the new Earth regenerates, they'll right. be able to play this recording. Yes. And I'll be like, they predicted That'll it. be priority right. one for the new Earth. <laughs> Do you know how many Patreon subscribers we would get then? <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> Well, for the Patreon that doesn't exist, in case you were actually trying time. to figure out, yeah, we have we have no Patreon. Yeah, exactly. But continue to check out goodideagirls.com. please. At some point, Hannah will give me admin access, so I'm I trying. can start posting articles. Until then, please enjoy Hannah's website. By then, by then, you will have stuff up there. I promise. It's fine. I've got a guy on it tonight. <laughs> Pisan. Yes. <laughs> and if he doesn't, I will say that your relationship is toxic. Yes. So. Fair. Awesome. Um, but please continue to give us feedback. Um, let us know your thoughts on today's episode and mm-hmm. any future topics you'd like us to cover. Do you want to say you like your Instagram handle or anything? Uh, oh, sure. I'm healthy, happy Heather G. Yeah. So, so. follow her on Instagram. And um, I have gotten a lot of good tips from her. So yeah. do a lot of good information. Thank you so much and have a good week. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye.